What's up, everyone? Mega Man here. Before we get to the episode, I want to talk just for a minute or two. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to my boy Tony A, John Motherfucking Elkins, uh, the Wordium Radium Crew, Be Scandalous, Let Me Know Pod, Martin Moreno, uh, Espada Brewery Company, uh, the crews, the, the the employees at Red Rest Pizza. Uh, Joey's Barbecue, uh, Mentoya's, where I get all my burritos and tacos at, and everyone who is from the, the Widmas area, the Harbor area, San Pedro area, Torrance area, around that, and some of the my followers who are going to be here in this episode that live in San Pedro, Torrance, and, and Widmas, Ghost Town, where I, that's where I used to be at, and a lot of my family members who still live in Wilmington to this day. Um, I want to give you guys a huge shout out. I hope you like this episode. This episode is really, really special to me um, because my I'm very, very, uh, my, my boy Tony A, man, I, like, he's, he's one of the reasons why um, I've been doing this podcast, and uh and people people are going to wonder why Tony A. Well, if you don't know the backstory, is Tony A. was my first celebrity guest I ever had on the Mega Man's podcast back like almost like two years ago. And I heard of Tony A. is when he did a podcast on the GPS stories, George Perez stories. And when I heard that episode, I quickly was like, I'm going to follow this guy. And when I heard him again on Angel from Let Me Know Pod, this guy had the most coolest story. Like, this guy was like, oh, man, hell yeah. Someone someone well-known came out of Wilmington, Woodmus. And, you know, there's a lot of bad people. There's a lot of uh, bad people or or haters that talk bad or 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 frowned upon uh, Wilmington, California back in the early 80s and 90s. And uh, you know, a lot of good people came out of Wilmington, but the thing is when a lot of people from Wilmington um when they move out and they go to different areas, they forget where they came from. Well, for me, even though I lived in Wilmington half my life, I moved around a lot. My heart will always be in uh, Wilmington, California, because the reason why Wilmington, California, where I used to live at, it made me the man who I am today. I mean, you, if you know, there's one thing, you know, Wilmington made me tough. When things get kind of hard, you struggle, it's just you bring that toughness, you know, and you know, Wilmington, like I said, Wilmington made me tough, made me the man who I am. And I have a lot of family that still live in Wilmington to this day. And I still go from time to time, maybe what, three to four times uh, a week. So there's a lot of good people come out of Wilmington, like my boy, Tony A. the Wizard, uh, Martin Moreno, Huda Moreno from the Yo-Yo Podcast, Espada Brewery Company, uh, Let Me Know Pod from Angel, uh, my boy, Joey's Barbecue. I mean, there's a lot of good people. And you know what? Um, we're going to change that. You know, We're going to put Wilmington on the motherfucking map. 
And that's what I'm doing. You know, when you think of Wilmington, you think of like who came out of Wilmington. And I want to be in that. I want to be in that topic. It's like, well, you got Tony A, you got Martin, you got Joey's Barbecue, you got Mentoys, you got Angel for Let Me Know Pod, you got Expada Brewery Company. And, and you know, I want to be, I want to be in that, in that topic as well. Like, hey, man, you got Mega Man for the Mega Man's podcast. You know, I represent. And that's what I'm doing. And, uh, Every person that came on the Mega Man's podcast has been blowing up, and I felt something in my heart that, you know what, something about Tony A, I don't know what, but something about Tony A is like, when you have that good energy and that good vibe, and when I had when I did the podcast with him for the first time, I know this guy was something special. There's something was something special, and um, I remember... Um, when he, when I, when, when he invited me over at the time, he was still, uh, editing, uh, the Rodium Radio documentary. And I was like, I was mind blown. I was like, what the fuck? And seeing the Rodium Radio documentary, it was like one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, but I did not see Tony A just blow up like this from, you know, when he, I mean, you probably couldn't hear the stories like he was supposed to do a couple episodes of the Rodeo radio just to promote the documentary and look where he's at now <sighs> you know he's giving um he's a voice he's giving a voice for a lot of the independent people um in the in the music scene people just well-rounded he just he's a very very humble dude and he's a cool cat and uh you know, and that's the thing I like. You know, he's giving, uh, you know, Chicano artists, a, you know, a voice, you know, a platform to 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 get their music out there, to get their name out there, and that's what I like. And that's the thing I like about Word and Radio podcasts. And um, you know, I love it. He brings the who's who's, you know, and and even sometimes, you know, every Friday, Freak of Tales podcast. I know I he had me on and. Uh, that's one thing I love watching the Freaky Tales podcast from Rodian Radio. So um, follow my boy Tony A the Wizard. Subscribe to the Rodian Radio. Subscribe to the Freaky Tales podcast, and also on YouTube. And uh, hey, sky's the limit for my boy Tony A. Man, he's fucking killing it, man. But uh, everyone, I hope you um, enjoy this episode. You know, and getting to know Tony A. And, uh, you know, hey, we're going to put fucking Wilmington on the motherfucking map and uh, people are going to know, hey, when you think of Wilmington, you're going to think of Martin, you're going to think of Tony A, you're going to think of B. Scanlance, you're going to think of Let Me Know Pod and Joey's Barbecue and Mega Man. There's a lot of good people coming out of uh, Widmas. And if I forgot any, if I forgot anyone else, um, I apologize, but hey, you're a part of that too. Anyone from Wilmington or anyone who used to live in Wilmington, hey. We're family. We're all family. Um, like I said, hope you like this episode. And um, yeah. All right. Enjoy. And let's get to it. Later, guys. Welcome to the Mega Man's podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This will be episode 184. Uh, right now, I'm in the city of Wilmington, California. I have a very, very special guest. He's one of my past guests, my boy, Tony A. The Wizard from Rhodium Radio Podcast. Tony A., what's up, baby? Check, baby, check, baby, check, one, two. Woo, woo. 
What's good, brother? How you doing? Chilling, chilling, man. I, man, you, I just want to tell you, you always say this to your, to your guests. How's your day? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my day is going really, really good today. Today, I woke up, ate a little breakfast, and then I hit the gym, so... I'm thankful that I'm actually able to hit the gym. Gyms are opening up. Really? Yeah, you know, it's kind of contradicting when you listen to the news because the news say that this pandemic, you know, shit is uh, shooting up, but gyms are opening up. So who do you believe, you know? But I get to go to the gym before we had to get a re make a reservation, but now you're just going anytime like the way you was before. Is it to go inside or they have the weights and everything outside? Everything is outside. Uh, the one in the city of Torrance is, is pretty much in the parking lot. Uh, their own personal parking lot, but it's it's just like a gym and they got all the equipment. They got everything down there. So I get to do my workout. And so far, you know, I came home and actually took a little nap and showered and well, showered and took a nap. <laughs> and then uh, now I'm here with you, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, things have been so crazy, man. I was like, the shit was going on in Capitol Hill. Yeah, man. You know, I, I barely caught the tail end of it yesterday. And I'm going to be real with you and for everybody listening. I rarely ever listen to the news because the majority of everything that I hear is just pure negativity. Ever since this COVID thing jumped off, everything is COVID, 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 COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm still one of those guys that... I'm very reluctant to believe everything that the news says. I've had friends that, has had, that have had COVID. But let me say this. Everybody that's had COVID, at least people that I've known, ha have been like diabetics, uh, people that shoot up insulin. So when they hit COVID, it hits the, when they get COVID, it hits them hard. Mm. I understand that, and I get it. But to me, COVID it just seems like it's just a regular flu. Yeah. You know, but for some people, it hits them harder because their immune system is weaker. And I get it and I understand that. I'm not saying it's fake. I'm just saying that I just think it's, uh, can I say that maybe overblown out of proportion, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, with the COVID, you know, I had like nine people passed away. Mm -hmm. You know, I had like five family members and four uh, friends of mine. And one of my past guests, my cousin Mario, um, he's in the hospital right now in Bakersfield, you know, fighting for his life right now. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, and, and remember my ex, my, my ex, Cynthia, yes. she has the COVID too, so, but I can't do anything. I just FaceTime her. Right. You know, and the thing is this, like I said, I, I don't think it's fake. I believe it's actually real, but my thing is that I just believe that the news, let me put it uh, in better words. I think the news over, uh, I guess, blows it up more than it what it should be. Mm -hmm. And my condolences and my prayers go out to those families that have lost their loved ones due to this terrible disease. But let me say this, and then maybe we can just switch it up. Yes. I'm 52 years old, mm -hmm. and it's been over six years since I've been sick. I go to the gym. I handle everything bare hand. Of course, I wash my hands. I go everywhere. And maybe I'm just one of those lucky guys that just don't, <laughs> don't get sick. So you could kind of understand my perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Just shout out to everyone who lost a loved one. Uh, switching gears, man. Like, you know, there's I, I usually come here every day to the city of Wilmington. Uh, my grandma, she lives over there by Blinn Avenue. Yeah. And I've been trying to see my grandma because they're getting reaching that age of the 90s now. And I want to, you know, go to Mentoya's here. And I still reminisce. I still go to Banny Park now. Right. And because uh, I get those mails in the box if you want to donate money to help out with the Banny house and everything. Right. And I always do. I just I always want to reminisce of certain things. 
and banning high school or certain areas because you know little by little there's so many gentrifications uh going on in long beach and a lot of people are losing their image i mean the cities are losing their image what do you feel about that like you feel like is there gonna be any gentrification in the city of wilmington when you say image, can you give me a little bit like more of what you mean by that? Like like the good old times. Oh, this there used to be a spot right there we used to hang out, but it's not there no more. Right. Now it's apartments, or there used to be a thrifties. Now it's not right. there no more. Now it's a Rite Aid. Just certain things like that. You know, that just goes on with life and everything because many people buy, buy properties and they want to change it up. For an example, I want to say uh, late seventies and eighties. Mm -hmm. There used to be a place right there on uh, PCH, right where CVS and Numero Uno, I believe, or Northgate, the market. Uh -huh. That used to be a cold bowl. I don't know if you remember that. It used to be a bowling alley. It used to be an arcade place. That the whole the whole place right there. You know where Gus's Burgers is at? Mm -mm. Is it uh, going this way? No, going that way. PCH. Okay. okay? Uh, um, right there, there's a CVS. There's a Citibank. There's a Gus's Burgers. There's a Northgate Market. All of that used to be. Gotcha. It used to be Cold Bowl, and uh, Cold Bowl was a bowling alley, um, and of course, we used to go there, play video games right across the street from Banning High School. It used to be a, a laundromat, then it changed into a uh, arcade called Ralph's Arcade. I think now it's called El Primo. So things are always changing, you know, so I'm with change. The sad part about it is that it brings back a lot of sadness because you have a lot of uh, um, sentimental, if you will, memories attached to those places yes right by banning now we have a shoe warehouse um that used to be 31 flavors used to be a, a, a pizza place used to be a arcade. arcades yeah yeah it used to be a balloon madness they sell balloons there oh shit i liked all of that i loved all of that i'd rather have that over the, the damn shoe place you know the arcade i'm an arcade guy you know i still am <laughs> you know i i like i like buying you know kids or my grandkids balloons you know <laughs> I, I like uh, 31 flavors you know uh, and pizza there used to be a pizza place there the sistos that's what it was called mm. great pizza you know and but things just change and there's nothing we could really do about it you know a uh, quick example up down avalon by uh marisco's place my, my boy angel's plot uh alcien right next to it there used to be a movie theater called cine granada then uh, a church bought it out, uh, Iglesia de Salvación. That way, okay. Huh? okay. Yeah. Now, it, from what I understand, they bought, somebody bought it, and they're going to make it into a nightclub. I bad timing, but they're going to make they're going to make a nightclub here in Wilmington, bro. A nightclub. A nightclub right next door to uh, uh, um, uh, it was a theater, big big spot. When I was when I was a youngster, I went there to go see one of the greatest comedians ever, Cantinflas. He he, he did a, a special appearance there. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So things do change. It, it it hurts because you have so many young memories there. Yeah. You know. So, but that's everywhere. I used to get my hair cut. I don't know if you heard of John's Barbershop. Yeah. Closed down. Really. Closed down. Just recently, or it's a been... while back. Wow. Because of the because of the COVID and everyone's not going to get haircuts, they closed down. I don't know if the owner passed away because I I used to get my haircuts when I was little and I stopped stopped going there around like when I was twenty five, twenty six. But yeah, just they closed down. It was sad. Right. Wow. It's all good. You know, if if, if there's things that need to be changed, things to be changed. Yeah. But you know, there's the but the positive side now because a lot of people are knowing about Wilmington, California now. Yeah. You know, which is kind of good. I just don't like people giving Wilmington a bad rep. You know. Well, you know, and that bad rep comes from seventies and eighties because yes. this used to be 
heavily, heavily gang infested. A lot of people, when they talk about LA County gangs, they pretty much just talk about South Central, they talk about East LA, and they talk about Compton. Now, I say this shamefully, I don't say this proudly, but at one point uh, um, in LA County, Wilmington was considered twice the worst city to live in LA County, twice. I've seen the drive-bys. I've seen the vans pull up with no lights and the side opens up and shotguns blasting. I've seen that. I didn't hear it. I didn't read it. I saw it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I always say, if I lived through the gang crack pandemic in the 80s, I could live through COVID, you know? So now, um, but Wilmington at one point, I've heard stories, man. I heard stories in the late 70s and my brothers would tell me that um, many times, a lot of these gangsters back in the day couldn't afford guns but they had hydraulics, so they would beat the hell out of a guy, drive up on him, and hit the hydraulics to kill him. What? Yes. I never heard of that. Yes. Yes. My brothers told me that, that they've seen it. What the heck? Yeah, they've even told me where it, it, it took place. I'm not going to speak on it, but... I have never heard of that. <clears throat> yeah. Bro. That's like new to me right there. I never... Whoa. Yeah, try putting that in a movie. Fuck, I, I didn't want to pitch. I'm picturing it now. That's like, I feel sorry for just holding a person down and let that person slam his head. Yeah, I know. Fuck. Yeah, I know. And and that's how it was out here. I seen a guy, this is no lie, I was maybe 16 years old, and he was just talking a gang of shit. Uh, he was claiming Long Beach, and, and, and I'm not trying to start nothing here, but this is what happened <clears throat> early 80s. Yes. He was claiming Long Beach, and then somebody ran up to him with a knife and literally stabbed him in the face w with the knife. And when I say stabbed him, they didn't just stick it in him literally sliced his face from his forehead, like cut open his eye, all the way to like the corner of his chin. So he had a, a face, a, a knife wound going diagonally. And that, that knife wound must have been at least three inches deep. At least three inches deep. And I saw it with my own eyes and he had an eye hanging out. All because he was claiming a neighborhood in the wrong side of town. Is it really worth it? Man, I'm telling you, man, I'm just glad, like, those, those days are done. Yeah. When I was living right there on Blinn and Ruby Dock, right there by Greenbelt Park. Yeah. A lot of stuff over there. We were just right there by the border of BCH when you go to over by Ghost Town. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. some bad stuff. In the, in the 80s, in the 80s, I went down uh, in Ghost Town to go visit a friend of mine. Because I knew everybody in here in Wilmington, bro. Yes. Whether you were from the east side, whether you were from the west side, whether you were from Ghost Town, whether you were from the waterfront projects, I was friends with everyone, and one day I went to go visit a friend of mine. His name's Louis. He lived on O Street. This is when the crack epidemic was humongous in the 80s, and I'm not going to lie to you. When I got there around 7.30, maybe 7, 7.30-ish, um, the streets with crackheads literally looked like a swap meet. That's how many people were on the streets buying crack. It literally looked like a swap meet. I, I couldn't believe how many people were just walking back and forth, back and forth buying stuff. Uh, I've known plenty of people. I know some of my homies' parents that became crackheads and got killed there. Got killed in Ghost Town simply because they didn't have no money. They would roll up a dollar and say, give me a 20. And then the guy would take the money. They would take the $20 rock, try to take off. The guy realized that it was a dollar. He runs up to the car and just starts shooting anybody in the car. And that's how people have gotten killed. Fuck. Yeah, it was, it was really fucking horrible. See, that right there hasn't been put in movies, you know? No and, and it's maybe because they edit them out, you know? But, yeah, plenty of people. Uh, 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 I've seen people's lives ruined uh, because of crack. And we're talking about in the 80s. 
people, God's honest truth, bring their daughters to get pimped because they need crack. This, this is harsh reality, man. Harsh reality. And before you know it, their 16-year-old daughter is uh, um, with every guy in the neighborhood to provide for the dad's, you know, addiction. Yeah. That's super deep. It's just a lot of people always tell me stories like urban legends and stuff, but man, the stories, I know when the cops, there was no police station in Wilmington. It was in San Pedro, so it would take a while for them yes. to come. And all, but I remember when all that stuff was changing is when the, the junction started happening. Mm -hmm. You know, and I noticed that there was a lot of people trying to do a lot of arsons around that, you know, try to, to kick everyone out. I think there was like blacks, Filipinos and Samoans. Yeah. You know, but once that thing was done, um, it kind of calmed down. And I was telling you a while back when I when I went over there it was I was forbidden to go over there. And I went there for a couple months ago. And I was like, wow, it's way different. But back then it was really bad with the bloods and crits fighting at Greenfield Park. Like must have been a hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, back in the days, you know, I'm not saying they, they're not serious today, but everything has changed. But I know Bloods back then, especially here, because Wilmington was considered not only a SA, you know, Chicano gang uh, 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 neighborhood, but also a blood hood. Back mm -hmm. in the days, there was a lot of blacks, Samoans, Filipinos in Wilmington. Yes. You know, and, uh, but, uh, and again, I, and I don't say that proudly, like, you know, like, yeah, you know, this was this place was a shit. No, because a lot of people died, man. A lot of people died. Have have me and my homies ever been attacked by the, by blood? Yeah, of course. I got bottles broken over my head. I guns pulled pulled on me. You know, um, we couldn't go really go anywhere if it, there wasn't any other Chicanos there because if it was blacks, if it was Samoans, if it was Filipinos, we're not going in there. Majority of the time, they're probably bloods. <laughs> you know, you don't want to go in there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, man. But uh, but I will say this. That during that time, music was great, mm -hmm. you know. So at least something good came out of the 80s. Music was great. But I'll tell you what, when N.W.A. came out, changed everything, bro. It almost seems like gangsters turned it up a, a notch more, you know. We never had songs called Gangster, Gangster, you know, 8-Ball, Dope Man, Fuck the Police. We've never had shit like that. So now... Believe it or not, the streets had a voice through those songs. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, Ice T had one even before that. Colors. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of people forget that they don't have to give credit to that, but that was some street shit too. Hell yeah. You know, so yeah, man, it was a great time uh, uh, when it pertaining to music, because I was DJing at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'll tell you what. Here's a secret for all you DJs out there: <laughs> whenever a fight breaks out. Say you're teaching a house party, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't put on some some dance shit. Don't put on some gangster shit. Don't put on no West Coast G-Punk shit. You know what you do? You play a slow song. Gotta get that girl. Yeah. Slow dance. It, 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 it calms everybody down. Let those guys go out there outside and talk. If they're gonna fight, let them go out there. But everybody wants to grab that girl, grind. And if still things ain't still calm down, play one more. Then kind of start speeding it up a little bit. That's how I used to do it. Damn. Take you know. notes, DJs, because they, hey, that, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't just, know that. Just play a slow song. It, let me tell you something, because there's people watching the fight. When that slow song comes on, all of a sudden, fuck that fight. They start looking at the girl that they want to slow dance with. Mm -hmm. And this is my chance. Hey, baby, you want to wanna, you wanna dance? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, those are the days. I remember when, um, so switching out the gears, 
Um, when I first heard you on the GPS stories with George Perez and Saidig, then hearing you again on Let Me Know with Angel, and you know, you know, I just I remember doing the episode. Uh, I called you. It's like, hey man, you want to do my podcast? I remember I told you. I always tell people Tony A was my first celebrity guest I ever had on Mega Man's podcast. You know, you can say no if you want, but you said yes, and right. you gave me the opportunity. You gave me a chance to interview you. And I just want to say, Tony, man, I just want to say thank you. If it wasn't for you, man, I don't even know I'd be still doing a podcast. No, man, you know what? I did it because I've always been about helping people. And somehow down the line, you know, we're at a episode 124 here on Rodeo Radio. Dang. And and uh, um, I, I'm still preaching the same thing. Obviously, some events have taken place where people have accused me of not being for the people. Mm. But you know what? I proved it by my consistency. Yes. Twice a week, sometimes three times three times a week with Freaky Tales. And I've been here. I've helped people. There's been plenty of artists that, uh, I, which I won't mention, that I've helped that never got the exposure if it wasn't for Rhodium Radio. And that's what we're here for. It's nothing special that I did. It's something that I like to do. So when you ask me, why not? Why not? There's a lot of people that, that think they're celebrities and they just don't, uh, if you will, give their time to just anybody. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, let me say this. And, and I've said this plenty of times before. Uh, I'm 52 years old. I don't know how much longer I will be here, but I do want my legacy to be that I've helped people. That's the same thing I was thinking myself, too. If I'm not here on Earth, I want my legacy to be known. Like, hey, Mega Man did something in the community in podcasts, with my family, everything. Everything's riding on each episode that I do. You know, one guy said something to me, and I believe he was from up north. I, I believe he was. I'm not sure. Okay. But he put a picture of me next to Cesar Chavez. The, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. And he said, that's you. You're the voice of our people. This was a couple of months ago, okay? Oh. And I told him that I wasn't worthy. That's what I said. Not even to be, even be put next to him or to even be mentioned next to him. I said, but I appreciate and I'm humbled by your words, okay? And you know, Mega Man, all of this shit that's been going on lately, mm -hmm. this guy still DM'd me on Instagram and said, you are still the voice of our people. He said, this would, would not be happening unless you were doing something right. Fuck. And you know what? He humbled me again. He humbled me again, so... Uh, I don't con I don't see myself that way, but if people see me that way, I, it's better for them to say that about me than me say it about myself. If you get what I'm saying, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so that's good. That's good for people because there's you, you got to give people hope. Yes, and I feel like every now that everyone's listening to to podcasts now, you know, if there's people working overnight or doing trucking or taking care of their family and this, they want to hear, you know, like, man, I wish I was there. I, mean, I, I want to imagine what Tony A is talking about when you have a guest on Rodeo Radio or you talk about a ghost story on Freaky Tales podcast. Right. It's, it's, it's good, you know, and, and that's the thing where you're reaching out not only here to Wilmington, but you're reaching out over the world. Yeah, yeah. I got people from Germany. I got people from uh, Kansas City. I had people from Canada, from New York, from, wow. uh, um, uh, I'm not sure if I said New Jersey, but... Um, Colorado, I mean, everywhere that reach out to me, Australia, you got fans in Australia, and I'm like, wow, you know, and <laughs> and again, humbly I say this, I didn't think this was going to go anywhere, man. 
I, I really didn't. I, I didn't go into it. I just went into it for a couple of months. Let me just promote the documentary, the Rhodium Mixtape documentary. Let me go ahead and do it. And uh, um, it took off because I gave our people a voice, you know. Uh, nobody else was doing it. Power 106, KD, none of these radio stations were, were reaching out to people's careers that were already dead. And I reached out to those people. And you know what I really want? My message to them was, you're not forgotten. You are not forgotten. Come on my show. Let me interview you and let me shine light on your career. And, and the sad part about it, many people that I sought out for, that I looked for, you know, and wanted to interview and I praised them. Those are the guys that turned their back on me. Are you serious? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? Even at my age, I learned something, you know, was something my mother always told me, no, I, amigos, there are no friends. There are a lot of these guys I went looking for. Some of these guys weren't even rapping, weren't even in the business anymore. And I went looking for them. Let me shine light on you. I know you got a beef with this certain rapper. Let's mend that through my platform. And I, I did it. Do I regret doing that? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to show people that there is still good people out there that are willing to do something good for someone. Now, if that person decides to backstab you, then that's on them. But I'm going to keep it pushing. So That's good. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'll be, I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you. I got so many DMs of people telling me, hey, man, why don't you just go on the on Tony A. The Wizard and Buddha Cultura and try to like squash it. For what? You yeah. know, like a, a podcast beef? I mean, this is like... This is nothing to me. Like, why do it on Rodium Radio? Mm. I mean, there's bigger people who have really beef where you're going to get killed. Podcast, this is like nothing to me. Yeah. I mean, you're, if you don't get along with certain people, okay, whatever, move on. But, you know, that's what people always say. Well, why don't you go ask Tony? Like, well, you know Tony. It's like, well, I'm not going to ask him like that. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, you know? Right. But there's always people who are going to always be telling me, well, just go, go you and Puro Kudura, you know, squash your shit on Rodium Radio. It's like, no, I'm not going to do it like that. You, you know, you know, uh, you know, let me say something like that, and I won't take too long saying this. Mm -hmm. There was a guy that called me up, and, um, and he said, hey, I have a beef with this rapper. Yes. But his whole agenda was, I want to bring you views. So bring me and him on your podcast so we can squash it. And it'll bring you views and it'll bring peace to both of our cities. Or else it's going to be bloodshed and that bloodshed is going to be on you. That's what he said. And I said, this is a hip-hop podcast, bro. What does that have to do with me? Well, it's going to be on you, bro, because, you know, there's going to be a lot of bloodshed between our two neighborhoods if, you know, uh, uh, you don't bring peace to this situation. You have the platform. I'm not going to allow anybody not only to dictate what I'm going to do, uh -huh. but to tell me who to interview or who not to interview. Exactly. This has nothing to do with that. It's not about beef squashing. Uh, 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 the reason why I bought uh, a beef, I, I wanted to bring an end to a beef between two artists was because I knew these guys and I considered them personal friends. Yes. So that's why I did it. But if that's the case, you know, back in the days, if we had a beef against somebody, we just took it up with them. Talk to it or just fight it out. Yeah, we didn't need a camera. So, yeah. People just want to do it for the grams. Th that's all it is. The only Likes, thing, comments, views. The only thing I don't like about that is like, yeah, we'll squash you on camera, but what happens if you're done? They go back to their old ways. That's where I don't like posers or fakes like that. You yeah. know? And I, and I learned that because with my guests I have on, I don't want to bring the who's who's. I, I really want to do my homework to bring the right guests because there were, I had a couple hiccups. 
Right. Have you ever had a couple hiccups on on your podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Of it, course. I don't like it like that. Yeah, I mean, I've had guys that tried to use my platform to diss somebody, and then see, because when you diss somebody, when you disrespect somebody, mm-hmm. it brings out all the cheese muscles, all the gossipers. Oh, he said it on Power One Hundred Six. He said f him or f her or what? Don't do that here. We don't do that here. Okay. There's been people here that have tried to get like real <clears throat> gangster, have tried to. Um, disrespect of the artist and I'm like no if I'm preaching peace and unity I'm not going to bring you on to to if you will uh, dissolve what I'm trying to teach or preach here and that's unity I'm not going to have you come on here just so you can uh, uh, get ratings or more views or more likes or more followers or more subscribers because you're talking crap about somebody that's not the way you do it if you cannot get people to follow you because of your talent then maybe you gotta go get a job Mm-hmm. Period. Why is it that in Chicano rap, it's so like, we're supposed to be unity and everything, but why are we still bashing on each other still? When can this shit ever end? Part of it is, part of it is, I believe, the, the gang element that people still bring to the rap game. For an example, Snoop Dogg, you know, says he's a crip, but he, we know he's not out to doing drive-bys and, and gangbang. We know that. Mm-hmm. Game says he's a blood, mm-hmm. okay? But we know he's not out there doing drive-bys and, you know, whatever. These guys are still doing drive-bys and are still gangbanging and are still fighting and bring the street code to the rap game. That's why, that's part of the reason why Hollywood, and I say Hollywood about meaning the music industry, that's why they don't want nothing to do with us. And I, I include myself in there. They don't want nothing to do with us because of that. It's too real for them. Um, why would they want to sign a talented Chicano? A very, very... We don't like talent. We do not like talent. But why would you want to invest, you know, 240000 or or a quarter of a million on a rapper that may not live next week? That's true. That's true. Many of these guys are liabilities. And believe it or not, they don't care. You know what they say? I'm down for my shit. I'm down for my... Forget it. That... I remember you said that you, that's a good point. Like, why am I going to invest money of you if you're not going to be here next week? You, you know, let's look at, if you will, on the black side of rap. Okay. okay. One of my good friends had a record label. We're talking about mid-90s. And he signed two dope rappers. And uh, he signed them after another label let them go because they saw them as a liability. He took a chance. And he goes, man, I snatched me up a dope group. I believe I could sell a million copies. That's, that's platinum. A million copies on an independent record label, you could become a millionaire, okay? Mm-hmm. Because that's a million record sales and you're earning all that money, mm-hmm. okay? So he swooped them up. He signed them. And he's, he's thinking, I got them. <laughs> I'm coming up. They recorded the record. Before the record drops, both of them rappers catch cases. They go to jail, one five years, one six years, the record just died and never did anything. He never even made his money back. There was a reason why that other label passed on him. These guys were still active crips. And the, the record was dope. Really, really dope. But there were active crips. And they ended up catching cases. So... It sounds like a story with uh, Master P where his brother C-Murder is like, hey, man, we got to get out of that street life and come over here and, and play some music and everything. But C-Murder was still in that, that street life, and now he's in prison now. 
he was trying, Master P was trying to get him out. Right. You know, try to focus on music and don't focus on the streets. But sometimes you, what can you do? There's some people who just want to be with the streets still. Right. No, you're right. They, they do want to. And I don't get it, man. I don't get it. You know, one guy hit me up one day and he said, uh, uh, where are you from? And I said, I live in Wilmington. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. And he said, what side? I said, I claim it all. This is my city. That's it. This is my city. That's it. Really, what he was trying to narrow me down, like, what hood are you from, bro? No, all of it is my hood, homie. That's it. That's it. I'm not going to choose a side because I got friends on both sides and I love them all. You know? But that's that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, when you started Rodium Radio, when you started doing the documentary, you started doing the Rodium Radio episodes, you know, the podcast. I, I have a list for you. Darren Vegas, Tito Rodriguez, The Hood Santa, Spanish Fly, MC Magic, Magic Girl, Two Mex Visionaries, you know. My favorite episode, I was telling you earlier, Calvin Anderson's VIP Records over there in Long Beach. That, to me, is one of the one of the most special episodes I love enjoying hearing because knowing the fact that I live in Long Beach, uh, you know, it brought... Because I live right there by that area, but I didn't know about the history of VIP records. Oh, very, very rich, rich history. And um, a lot of people don't know that I have ties to uh, VIP. Um, VIP records in the late 80s, I'm going to say 87... They put together a record label called Thin Line Records. Calvin Anderson, the owner, reached out to a producer, Sir Jinx, which is Dr. Dre's cousin. I met Sir Jinx when he was about 17 years old at the Rhodium, and he was producing a song called You Better Think Okay. for a rapper named Dazzy D. I was doing the scratching on, on the song. We did that song uh, 1987 at Echo Sound Studio, I want to say in Glendale. Okay. And um, that record came out in 1988, okay, independently. That was the first independent record coming out of VIP Thin Line Records. This was before Snoop, before Warren G, before Nate Dogg. So I have history prior to those guys. Not saying that I'm better. I'm just saying that I have history. You're the, you were there. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Uh, I was going there at that store since I was a young teenager, uh, maybe even 13 years old, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, for a long time. So I have history. That's why Calvin Anderson just doesn't do interviews, but he did it for me. You know, he was in my documentary yeah. because uh, uh, I, I I actually didn't meet him through Steve, but we our mutual friend was Steve and Violet Brown and so many others. Mm-hmm. But I have a history with, that's why he allowed me before he sold the building to go on top of the roof so I can get filmed. What? Yeah, for <laughs> the documentary. Yeah. yeah. That's badass. Yeah, ain't too many people that did that. Snoop made that store worldwide. That's why they called it the world famous VIP after the Snoop video. Oh, yeah. What could... I was there across the street where the check cashing place mm-hmm. is, but they closed it down. Right. I was there looking. I was like, what, 12, 13 right. around that time? But I was just passing by looking at it, and I was there for five minutes, and that was it because every, they closed half of the PCH down. Yeah. You know, yeah. but just memories like that. Yeah. Memories of Snoop Dogg and Das and Corrupt and the whole beginning of what, Death Row? Yeah. Everything. And the episode that you did with Darren Vegas, that has to be one of my favorites as well. Darren Vegas was a guy that I, his name had always, uh, if you will, would ring around studios. People would mention him. I, I couldn't, I never could have put a face to the name. Yes. So one day, uh, my son shoots me like a, I don't know if it was on YouTube or on Instagram or where it was, but it was a little video where he said he worked with, you know, Tupac Music, uh, Bone Thugs. He was with Death Row. He was good friends with Suge. 
So my son showed it to me, and I finally got to see who Darren Vegas was. And I told my son, I don't know this guy. I've never seen him around. I saw him. He was on the, the front cover of OC Weekly. Right. Yeah. Right. So I said, I don't know who this guy is, but I have heard of his name. Yeah. Okay. And I told Darren this story. And um, so finally, I interviewed two guys from, I want to say Santa Ana, or I'll just generalize it, OC, Orange yes. County. <laughs> uh, um, Lottie the G and Doughboy Tony. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. I interviewed them here both. And both of them brought in Darren Vegas, and that's when I said, okay, I'm getting closer to knowing or meeting who this guy is. So uh, they gave me his number. We started following each other on Instagram. We talked, and here's what he told me. And it meant a lot to me. He goes, man, I've been watching all your interviews, you know. Oh, uh, wow. He said, and uh, I don't do interviews. That's what he said. He goes, but I'll do yours. That's what he said. He goes, I don't know. It's just the vibe, the drinking, the chilling. It's, it's cool, man. I'll do yours. And I said, then I want to book you. And I booked him. <laughs> yeah, and he told stories that he possibly could have took to the grave. But I heard it three times. Break it down. I'm, and he follows me. He's like, Mega Man, you, pay, you put the most funny memes. I like what you're doing. But, man, that episode, when I heard it three times, he broke everything down, what was going on in Death Row. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. He would have just said, he, just, he would just never talked about it, just, you know, right to the All grave. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do plan on bringing him back again. Oh. Okay, I do plan on, because he's got a lot more. And, you know, not too many other producers can say they were working side by side with Kobe Bryant. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember he did that album, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I remember um, that. He, just a lot, uh, uh, not too many people can say they, you know, went to go visit Suge in jail, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the guy's a very, very talented artist. And as a matter of fact, I was just in the studio with him and Magic Girl. Mag hey, you know, <laughs> before I got here, I was bumping Magic Girl California Love. Oh, you like that? I'm going to tell you something. My little son, Emiliana, who was like this, she's throwing his hands like, what the? He's only one and a half. And you're, you're... Magic Girl, like her, I don't give a care what people say. That girl is, she's talented. Yeah, she's very, very talented. Very talented. And, and, and I saw that even before I met her. And that's why I reached out to her and I wanted to do an interview with her mm -hmm. uh, uh, because I saw the talent there. Uh, I do believe that the label she was signed with uh, um, didn't know what they had. Yes. Because if they would have known what they had, then they would have treated her different. They would have mm -hmm. took care of her. Because, mm -hmm. see, look, if, uh, and I had this conversation with her. I don't understand people that, uh, if you will, have their own label and they sign people just so they can rip them off. Like, I don't understand that. You know, for an example, you look at Shug. He had Pac. He had Dazzle Corrupt. He had Nate Dogg. He had uh, uh, Dr. Dre. You know, he, he had, had Jodeci and Left Eye. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he had uh, uh, Snoop Dogg. The most talented rappers in the world, the most popular, and the mo probably the most independent, richest label in the world at that time, and he decided to rip him off. <laughs> you know, like, why do you do... How... or? Just imagine this. What happens if imagine let's flip it around? What happens if Suge Knight was never like that? And he was good. He would have had Fifty Cent, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar. Everyone, everyone would have been. And, and, and let's take it a step further. You know who's all those artists could have been? Because uh, Snoop was um, was almost or could have signed with Easy when he was still alive. Okay. Oh, really? Yes, but Easy played things wrong, and even a lot of guys from NWA said all of these artists could have been his. Suge would have been nowhere in the picture if he would have just played his cards right, okay? 
I'm not going to talk about the AIDS thing about, you know, easy. Yeah. But everybody was saying death row would have been easy's. He just had to play his cards right with Dre and everybody else. Easy E had it first. They all went to death row. Okay. Back to um, uh, when I was talking about Magic Girl. Very, mm -hmm. very talented. Very versatile. Uh, sky's the limit for her. Well, even more. You know, she's a hustler. She's a winner. And that's why I, I had chose to, uh, you know, kind of be a co-producer. I like to say more of the third pair of ears. Like, well, I'll be in the studio and I could give my input. You're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, I have her two songs that she's done. They're very, very different. Very good. I'm not going to sit here and say they are hits, but I will say that they are good, solid songs. I like hits. That's me. I, <laughs> every song that I produce, that I work on, I try to make it a hit. That's just me. I don't do filler songs, you know. But her being someone young, uh, working with Darren, and me being in the studio listening to this music, I believe some of our experience can rub off on her. So when she's ready to do her own thing solo, she, she has that experience that she learned from us, you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, I got, a, I, got a, I got a cool question. For the Freaky Tales podcast song, who made that song? Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. Because I remember I saw a story of you and Darren uh, doing like some like, creepy like story songs. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, 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 let me give it to you in details, okay? Okay. Here's what I did. Uh, and, and I'm going to give away. No, no, I'm not going to give it away. No, give it away. Okay, but here's what I did. I came up with an idea. I came up with the kicks and snares and hats and everything. I have everything up here. When I say up here, in my head. Yeah. So I called him up and I said, man, I want to put together a song. It ain't going to take no more than two hours. And he said, for real? I was like, well, maybe an hour and a half. So I had a loop. We tried to loop it, but it was too dirty, meaning it was like too crunchy, meaning the record wasn't clean enough. Okay. So he had some similar sounds, so he put it together, okay? And then I said, I want this uh, uh, this sound right here. It's like an organ, okay? I want this timpani, okay? I want this sound here. I want these strings here, and uh, I want this bass line here. And he played everything, but I was directing him. So oh. in all fairness, let me say this, we both did it. Okay, I don't want to take credit for everything, but we both did it. Uh, but that's how I, that's how I want to produce today. I want to be able to say, uh, play play me some bass. You over here, play me some drums. This is what I want. You over here, I want these strings, even though I don't play them. Orchestra, you're the, with the little guy with the stick. Pretty much, that's what I want to do today. Gotcha. You know, because uh, but I think my time of production, I don't want to say it's done. But I want to use drums, no, drum machines. Nobody uses drum machines anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody uses, you know, the little keyboards to play the kicks and the snares. Everybody uses their laptop. I'm not that guy. So I would rather just tell you, you know, boom, ch, ba boom, boom, ch, boom, boom, ch. play that for me. Then here comes the bass, boom, ch, ba boom, boom, ch, boom, boom. I want that. Now over here, but boom, cat, boom, cat, boom, boom, cat, boom, cat, cat, you know. Then the drummer starts playing it. Gotcha. That's what I. Because it's all up here. It's all in my head. Uh -huh. And then, how are you feeling it? Cool. All right, let's go. Give me some strings. That's how I produce now. Damn, just to make an intro song for Freaky Tales? Yeah. <laughs> Took a, about an hour and a half. Dang. Yeah. And I have to say, that has to be one of the most creepiest, like, uh, creepiest yeah. uh, songs. And I know we're talking about Rodian Radio, but hey, let's talk about Freaky Tales for a second. Yeah. Man. What, what, what made you decide to do a second podcast? Okay. Um, let me just finish up with the song. Okay. Gotcha. When I did the song, and it's important for me to say this, mm -hmm. I never did it with the intention of having a rapper rap on it. I did it with the intention when I was hearing the music in my head, mm -hmm. this visual is going to hit right here. 
This visual comes in next. The UFO comes in next. Right here, I'm going to have Bigfoot running across. I, I did it according to the visuals that I had in my head. So now when you see the intro to Freaky Tales, that's what I saw in my head before you guys saw it. Dang. The, uh, God has blessed me, bro, with a great imagination, man. You know, and he's blessed me, blessed me with a photographic memory. So all the musical instruments are in my head. I just need somebody to do it for me. I'll direct. Okay. Wow. Because you've been doing it. You've been a DJ. And how long you been being a DJ and producer, like all that stuff? A, a DJ. I got introduced to DJ when I was 11 years old. Uh -huh. And then I started DJing, I want to say maybe in eighth grade. Gotcha. In eighth grade. So I've been doing it for a long time. Then I became the mixtape guy. Then I became a producer. Then I was signed to Disney. Then uh, uh, from there, I pretty much just took a little break, uh, came back, uh, started producing again, then uh, started directing. Then now I'm podcasting, and now I'm doing a second podcast, and that's what we're going to get into. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to tell you, when you started doing these freaking tales, man, every Friday is at 7 p.m. or 8, I'm going to tell you, some of these episodes, man, I got scared. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be honest. It's I do, real. I, I work overnight, and, and some of the episodes like, man, it's creepy as hell. Yeah, it's, because it's real. You know, uh, um, all over the world, people have experienced the paranormal. It doesn't matter what nationality you are, okay? Look, I believe in God, and I also believe that the devil exists. Oh, yeah. Okay? And the devil is no respecter of persons. The devil will appear and scare and torment anyone. It doesn't matter any color. You know, it doesn't matter. It's kind of like, uh, 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 I like to say, the devil is no respecter of persons. He doesn't really care who you are. Okay, mm -hmm. and and um, one thing about Freaky Tales is that I grew up with um, um, watching and being tormented by scary movies because my mother and my father loved scary movies. Halloween, so, yeah, Cougar. Yeah, so I was introduced to that stuff at an early age. I owned a video store when I was a teenager. I set it up. I opened it up. I closed it up. I, I would label all the the the, um, the movies, uh, but I loved watching scary movies at the video store by myself. By myself. At night? Yeah, at night. <laughs> I, I, dude, I was working from 9 to 9. Damn. At the video store, man. It was very successful, but sad to say, and I'm not trying to throw nobody under the bus, but we didn't have too many family members that wanted to help. So the store went under. Damn. You know, because nobody really wanted to help. We didn't want to hire outside people, and maybe we should have. You know, maybe we should have. Maybe they would have been more faithful. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as Freaky Tales, the reason why I started it was because um, me and my brother... Uh, we he was more of the Bigfoot, UFO, Loch Ness Monster conspiracy guy. Yes. I was more of the devil, angels, and demons, and the paranormal, whatever. So we complimented each other, okay? So when he came to live with me, I just said, you know what? I have an idea. Uh, I got a, a platform. You know, at the time, I think I had 25,000 subscribers. Now I have 29. Um, I said, well, why don't we just use it to promote Freaky Tales? Put it this way, in one week, we had a 1,000 subscribers with no content on Freaky Tales. I saw that. A 1,000 subscribers. I People were waiting. We were waiting. When we went live, everybody loved it. The second time we went live, everybody loved it. Things fizzled out between me and my brother. We couldn't come to an agreement. He got a job, and he left. Now I was forced to get a guest every single Friday. It started weighing on me because I had to worry about being a month and a half ahead of time on Rodium Radio. Yes. I was doing the bookings at the time, not no more, okay? Uh, um, now I have somewhat of a small team that helps me pick out my guests. Good. And, um, but Freaky Tales, you don't have to be a somebody to come on here and share your paranormal, you know, stories. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> I will say that 
uh, I enjoy doing it. It's just that during uh, this time uh, of the holidays, we kind of took like a two-week break. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to pick it up again. Mm -hmm. But we're going to start continuing filming the Chicano Rap documentary that we already started. Mm -hmm. But COVID slowed things down, so we had to slow things down. Gotcha. Uh, for the people that are listening and probably wondering, I just want to make an announcement. Because somebody hit me on Instagram and said, hey, man, and I didn't like the way they referred to it. You did a black documentary, and you did that quick. Why are you taking your time doing the Chicano rap documentary? Mm. First of all, the Rodian mixtape documentary was not a black documentary. It was it was a documentary about a Japanese vendor from the city of Whittier that sold music at the Rodium Swamp Meet. Okay? Now, <clears throat> that one took me one year to film, one year to edit, okay? Two years uh, uh, for a three-hour documentary. And I remember you, when I did the podcast with you a while back in episode 28, you showed me a little skit that you weren't done with it yet. Right. I wasn't done. You know, you know that when we, when we would edit for about six hours, you know how much we, literally we would get done in six hours? I'm not going to lie to you. This is editing part. Maybe, maybe 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Because everything had to be right. We're going to put an overlay right here. We're going to put a transition right here. No, no, I don't want to use that picture. How do we want the picture to come in? Do we want it to dissolve in, dissolve out, fly in, fly out? How do we want it? Maybe 15 minutes of editing, six hours. That's why it took a whole year, you know? And uh, um, it wasn't like, you know, my, my editor, John, it wasn't like he lived around the corner. He had to drive here. We tried to work three times, four times a week. But in between that, we had families, you know, so a lot of people don't understand what goes into the editing. You know, the filming part, I think, is probably the easiest part. But the editing, oh, my God. I think in a way with some people, they just don't have the patience. They want it now, now, now. Yeah, it's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen. No, nothing happens that way. You know, did you ever see the Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iovine uh, uh, documentary? That was on what? Was on Showtime or HBO? One of those. HBO yeah, yeah. Showtime. I saw yeah. it. And they broke it down. Yeah, very, very good, right? I think oh. there was like six episodes, if I'm six correct. Or six or five. Okay. But it was good. I talked to Alan Hughes which is one of the Hughes brothers who directed Leave My Curls Alone, uh, um, um, Sitting in the Park videos, okay? That's your first, that's the first video, and after they got, they blew up. They blew up. Yeah. Men in Society, they did Book of Eli, American Pimp. Yeah. They, they just blew up, okay? I think now, above the rim, too. Yeah. Now, I contacted him through, through Instagram. We were chatting. And uh, I asked him, uh, uh, hey, hey, Alan, uh, how long did it take you to do that, you know, Defiant Ones? And he said, three years. Now, keep in mind, all this time, we didn't know he was doing it. We just know the finished product, and it's coming out. And he said, no, it's old, bro. He said, it's just that it took us about a year to edit. He said, maybe even a little bit longer. And I said, what? My mistake was this. While I was filming, I was promoting that it was coming soon. And I should have never have done that. Because I ran into a lot of people that were trying to do what I was doing. They were trying to do rhodium documentaries while we were still doing our rhodium documentary. Taking ideas. That's why I always say, if you have a good idea, keep it to yourself. I learned that. Okay. I learned that. And uh, there's things that you want to put out on uh, Instagram, but there's things that you want to keep it because in the podcast world, I caught a couple podcasters. It's like, hey, man, that's my idea. Well, did you claim it? Did, did yeah. you, do you have copyrights? I mean, just little one-minute clips that we were releasing are transitions our overlays, the way we edit stuff, our angles of filming. I saw these a lot of these videographers that are doing videos today bite my shit, man. 
and I know because I know I know these guys personally, and they never made their videos look like my uh, one-minute promo clips. Never. Now all of a sudden their videos are looking like my shit, and I'm like, okay, never. I confronted a couple of these guys. Mm -hmm. I confronted them, and uh, one guy admitted it. He said, yeah, well, you inspired me, and you know, no, you stole my shit, bro. You know, <laughs> but I learned from that. That was my mistake. Okay, so. Uh, um, uh, he told me like this, don't ever promote it if you're not done. When you have a release date, then you promote it. He said, because if not, people are going to say, well, where is it? Where is it? Why are you guys lagging? How come you guys ain't doing it? Where is it at? So with the Chicano documentary, that's, it's, 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 it's going to come out soon, but we're not done with it yet. No, we're not even, a, we're probably, and I keep saying this, a third's way. Okay. A third's way. And that's because COVID hit. And a lot of these guys didn't want to come out for interviews. That's true. You know? So I get it. That's why everybody's doing Zoom interviews today, you know? I don't like it. No, I don't like it. I'm not going to do a Chicano rap documentary about Zoom. No way. You know? So. That's cool. You know, I got to give people what they want. And believe me, I'm going to knock it out the park, man. It's going to be great. I just need people to, to stop listening to other knuckleheads and listen to me. And I'll tell you when it's going to come out. You know, my whole, my whole, um, if you will, I thought we would be done by now. But when this COVID hit... Big time. It set everything back. Way, way everything back, bro. People were like, no, no. I got guys, bro, that I'm still waiting to interview. Here, big names. I'm not coming out with COVID, man. You know, people... Hey, how come you don't get this guy? They don't realize. How come you don't get this guy? They don't realize that he don't want to come out. How come you don't get this guy? Your podcast sucks. I don't worry about that. I don't worry about that. Because it doesn't matter how big of a name I get. If I get... Uh, somebody that's maybe a lower, you know, a little fa less famous than the, the guy just got. Oh, man, that guy, sorry. You'll never make everybody happy. So you don't worry about it. You just keep it pushing. You know? Exactly. You're not going to make people happy. If you have a podcast, I have a podcast. Oh, Mega Man, why'd you get this guest? Oh, Tony, why'd you get this guest? You cannot make people happy. Even in the Chicano world, you cannot make people happy. No, you're not. So don't even try. Just keep it pushing, but they'll keep watching. Exactly. So be patient, everyone, for the Chicano documentary. Uh, right now, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back. Yeah. And we're back. All right. We took a little beer break. Well, Tony got some soda. I got a beer. I'm drinking uh, Amarok's Brewery. I know I, I bought a can for um, uh, right here. Just shouting him out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have this guy on my podcast tonight. Awesome. Yeah, he's, had, he, he's a home brewer. He makes good beers. Belgian IPA. I know I gave some of your four packs uh, to your to your son, but uh, I gotta say this: there's every day. There's one thing I always makes my day is going on your page and looking at your memes. Oh yeah, the memes. Oh, you, you know. Okay, look. Let me say this: I always consider myself to be somewhat of a comedian. Okay, I, <laughs> I like to make fucking people laugh, and that's just my personality. It's, I've always been somebody like that. I've always been a jokester. Uh, in third grade, I had a teacher named Miss Honda. Okay. okay. And I used to always have the the the, the uh, classroom rolling, okay. And one day she just said, "You know what? You should have just been a comedian." And I'm like, "What do you mean, should have? My running is, isn't over. Like, cause I was only in third grade. What do you mean I should have? <laughs> you know?" She goes, "Maybe I, I told her. Maybe I, I will be." But I got to junior high and I became a fucking bigger fucking clown, bro. Like a bigger. I would bag. You know, back then we called it bag. You know, even before bagging, we used to call it ranking. Don't don't rank on anybody. Dang. Yeah, you know, and um, 
but bagging, uh, I guess even if you go back more, they used to call it the dozens or whatever it was, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, some people call it the mama jokes or whatever. Oh, don't talk about my mama. Right. So after high school, I was like the king of bagging in my neighborhood. I used to hang around with like 15 to 20 guys every fucking night, bro. Every fucking night from my, maybe my 16th to maybe my 22nd to I was 22. Every fucking night, slanging and drinking and playing dice and 15 to 20 guys every night. So there came a time where we, you know how rappers freestyle raps? Yes, yes. I used to freestyle bagging on motherfuckers, okay? <laughs> just, just, just come up with some bullshit, okay? Yeah. And um, so when I got on social media, really my son is the one who encouraged me to get on social media. Uh, I was just on, on Facebook, which to me is like for senior citizens. My, my space. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, there were people hitting up my son for some reason thinking it was me. Hey, Dad, do you know this guy? Hey, Dad, do you know this guy? And I was like, why? These guys keep hitting me up. They think I'm you because it looks like me, okay? So finally got on Instagram late 2017. And uh, little by little, I noticed that I would put uh, um, memes on my page. But people were reporting them. I noticed that you had a page and they took it down. No, I had four pages. Really? Four pages. Every time I got 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 uh, followers, fucking deleted. Instagram does not give you any notification. They just log you out. I know. Fuck. Look, right now I have 10K. This is the most I've ever had. I should have had over 20K already. The thing is this, that I kept getting deleted. So this is my fifth page. So now I kind of like relax on the memes simply because people still report them on my story. Haters. Yeah, they still report them. You know, this is against our community rules. You can get deleted. So every once in a while, I kind of calm down a little bit. But I love making people fucking laugh. Yeah. Some people just, you know, there's haters out there that, uh, I had guys, truth. Hey man, can you delete my girlfriend? Why? Because she's always sending me your memes. She thinks your shit is funny. Well, my shit is funny. <laughs> what? Yeah, he goes, well, we're in bed and she's over here laughing at your memes. And I'm like, Damn. how was that my fault, bro? <laughs> like, how was that my fault? No, I just think she got a thing for you. Can you block her? I just blocked him. <laughs> you know? I got a fucking block. Haters, dude. Yes, dude, yes. I had another guy. Hey, man, can you uh, block my girl? Why? This is his wife. No, because she's over here telling me that, you know, she loves your memes. I got to follow you. She sends them to everyone. And then she, I even overheard her tell her friend, oh, he's hot. You got to follow him. And he goes, so I'm just letting you know, man, I don't want you to come be between me and my wife. And here's what I said. I don't even know who the fuck your wife is, bro. You know? And, and uh, I, I go, send me a picture. Send me your page. Let me see. No, I'm not going to do it. I just need you to block. Well, how am I going to block if I don't know who she is? You know, <laughs> it's and, like it's like that picture with the girl. She don't want her lips. She's like, I like the guy with the means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. So he sent me her page. First of all, her account was private. I wasn't following her. Okay. And her profile picture wasn't even her. It was like a logo of something. So I couldn't even fucking see her. What the fuck? Like, mm -hmm. I just blocked him. <laughs> so, but that's the thing. But, but you most know. guys are the haters, but not the girls. The, I, I get the girls that laugh. Okay, most guys. Are the fucking haters, dude. I know. Sorry, I, fellas, I'm sorry, dude. If, you're, if you have a girl and your wife and she likes the mean guys, I'm sorry. It is what it is. It is what it is. Some people just can't have a laugh. People have to be so uptight. I know. I know. I like to fucking laugh, bro. I like to be goofy. 
Of course, we all, it's okay to have a sense of humor is what I like to say. I love it. I, I put, I, you know what, people, there was a person who told me, tell Tony is you have a Bible of the memes, like a, like a Bible, all nothing but memes on it. Like, how does he get all these pictures, you know? Everybody like, always asks me, and I always tell them, if I tell you, I got to kill you. So, <laughs> you so. got to, you got you just have to put any kind of, any kind of types of memes where, this is my, this is my thing on my podcast. I put up, I put a post, put a meme. Promote the episode, put a mean. That's what I always do to keep it more like on your toes. Right, right. But right. I, I mean, people listen to podcasts, but that's how you attract new followers because of your podcast. Hey, I want to promote. Hey, if you put some means on, people are going to look at it. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, I like making people laugh. You know, I think honestly, if I know I've been blessed with multi talents. And what I say by that, I know that God blessed me with a photographic memory. I know he had blessed me with a uh, being able to direct, being able to produce, being able to DJ. He's blessed with a multi-talent, uh, um, multi-talents he's given me, okay? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't say that in a bragging way. I say that more in a thankful way because, you know what, I, I'm blessed, man. And I always like to say that I'm blessed to be a blessing, and that's what I want to do with my life. Now, I do believe that if I gave stand-up comedy a, a shot, couldn't nobody fade me, bro. I'm going to be real with you. Because I got a lot of wicked shit that goes on through my mind that I know could trip a lot of fucking people out. That sounds like a challenge. Martin, where you at? <laughs> hey, bro, I could be, and, and I don't, but for for, mm. to, for lack of better words, I could be like the Mexican Jim Carrey. I'm dead serious, bro. Oh, I'm watching this Sunday. You know. <laughs> so, because most guys that come here, I know they try to be funny, and they are funny. But I, I don't try to steal the show, or you know, I, the, because the, the spotlight is on them, not on me. Was there any bagging competition back at Batty High School? Yeah, but you know what? I never got into it because, and I'm going to tell you why. And it was always against the black guys, okay? Mm -hmm. And I don't say that to, to try to be sound racial, but they were blacks, okay? They could be racial towards me and bag on me, but if I was racial towards them, I was a racist. So I never, ever, like, they didn't have any problem, believe it or not, you know, Beaner and Wetback. But if I said the N-word. It's a different story. It's a different story. Which, to me, the Wetback and the N-word are the same thing. Are the same thing. But, so, if they were willing to go that low, I was going to go, you know, that low. And I don't care, you know. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you were racist. It means that you were just trying to be funny. You want to insult me, I'll insult you back. Mm -hmm. You don't like it, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it going. But now nah, that fool's a racist. But all my friends were black, so. <laughs> can't say anything right yeah, there. Yeah, you can't say anything. So that's why I, there was never any bagging competition. Usually the bagging competitions were against whites and uh, Chicanos. Yeah. You know. Well, keep, Tony, keep on doing your means. Well, I got we're almost getting to the point. I got a couple of questions. Yeah. Uh, Daza the real, man. That lowrider model. Oh, my God. I, Mega Man used to have a huge questioner back in high school, man. I was like. I was like, is this, am I back in high school again? Lowrider days? Right. Oh, my God. Well, How'd you get her on? Well, I've been knowing Daza since she's been 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I DJed uh, one of her parties. She claimed she was younger than 19, but I believe she was 19 or 18. Okay? Yes. Uh, she was on my first video, uh, I'm Not Your Puppet, which we filmed at the Rodium Swami. And, and I brought it out. I said, you were at the Rodium Swami, now you're at Rodium Radio. So you made a full circle, okay? Damn. And she was happy when I, I contacted her and, and she wanted to do it. Actually, she wanted to do it as well. She mm -hmm. said, let's do it, let's do it. It's all good. And uh, she came. 
Uh, she um, she's a comedian herself. Like she fucking Daza is a blessing as a friend, man, because she has such a great sense of humor. Animal lover too. Yes, when I talked to her on the phone, and I hadn't talked to her in years, bro. Uh, probably well, two thousand five, maybe fifteen years before that. It was in the nineties. Yes. Okay. I called her and she's talking to me, and I said, "Hey, do you want me to call you, you know, Dazzo or Bridget? Because Bridget's her name." She goes, "Motherfucker, you know my goddamn name. Use Bridget. You're my friend." And I was like, "Okay, cool, cool, you know." But meaning, uh, not that she was being mean. That's her personality. Like, don't fuck around with me. You're my friend. You know, <laughs> you know th that was her personality, and I was like, I love it. She goes, "Tony, we're gonna have fucking fun. Watch, fuck those motherfucking haters." And I go, "Dazzo, you got haters? Yeah, fuck those motherfuckers." And I was like, "Damn, calm the fuck down. I can't fucking have a like." But when she talks like that, it's not like she's being mean. It's almost like a funny, sarcastic way that you know she's playing around. You know, you know, she, and then she laughs like, like. But she's a she's a good. Uh, I even say I'll even go as far as a good comedian. She has a great sense of humor. Hilarious! And that was a good episode. And he's like, "Hey, I, I signed my autograph here. I got books. I'll give you some underwear too." I was like, "Huh?" I was like, "Oh my god!" It's she like, caught me off guard right there, bro. Earmuffs right there, earmuffs, guys. Dude, dude, so many guys hit me up. Man, did you get those panties? Man, <laughs> you should have got them for me. How, how did you deny her? Why did you deny her? That like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and. uh the the biggest one um, is when you had be real. Yeah, that to me when I know there's little hiccups with that, but when he, he when everyone re was reaching out to be real and Tony and everything, and for him to come on Rodin Radio, he was like, whoa, and yeah. you guys squashed the you know the beef. There, was there any beef? No, no, not at all. And, and we wanted to make that clear. It was a misunderstanding. Okay, and you know what? He apologized for that. He he showed me that um, he was a, he was a man, not to say my bad, not to say I dropped the ball, I goofed up. No, he said I'm sorry. Uh, uh, there was never like any ill will towards you. I should have answered the question. I know how it could be taken, and I think you took it that way, you know. And you never disrespected me back. You just wanted to know what was all that about. Yes. You know, and you know what. Uh, and I'm glad it happened, Eagles, because uh, us uh, talking and doing our podcast should have happened a long time ago. You know, Eagles, you got your thing popping up. I got my things popping up. We got great platforms. Why can't there be unity? Why can't we connect? You know, and that was a, a great sign, man, of that two people can come together over a misunderstanding. See, look, at I'm the kind of person that I don't like to text. I want to talk because sometimes texting. People do that. Yeah. Sometimes texting, shit can get lost in translation. And they erase it too. Yes. So, you know, I'd rather just talk, you know, because there's things that I've said through text that people have shown other people and said, I wonder what he meant. And I would ask that person that I sent that text to, why didn't you just ask me? You know, why do you got to show that text to somebody else and say, what do you think he means? Just ask me. I would have. So I called him and I said, look, bro, it was, this is the way I meant it. Oh, I thought you were yelling at me. How? Through a text? What do you want? You want a voice? We can do that on iPhone. I can do a voice. You know, I, yeah, like I didn't that. get it. So, with uh, Be Real, he accepted my invitation. And then he said, you know, I'm going to have you on my show. And then, Oof. and I'll be real with you. He said this, I want to have you on my show. I said, okay, cool. I never texted him. Never bothered him about, about it. He reached out to me like a man and said, Tone, I want you here, man. 
And I was like, dude, you know, you know how much joy that brought me, bro? That that even though I've known him since the early 90s, but to be recognized by somebody of that caliber, that he didn't forget, uh, um, I, maybe for lack of better words, he didn't forget where he came from. He didn't forget maybe those that are still down here, you know, and he proved to me that he didn't forget, that he's not too high and mighty to come to Wilmington and sit down with me. Fuck. You know? I'm going to cry right now, dude, because... Because a lot of people, when you have major platforms, when you get big, it's like, well, Tony, if you get big or I get big, don't forget, don't forget who we, don't forget your people. It's like, I'm never going to forget. Right. You know, and, and that's how you are. He didn't have to do it, but he brought you and I saw the episode and having a three hour episode right there. We're looking at your desk right there and, and be real, was all fucked up in the end, but... He was having a blast. He was having a blast, bro. You know, it's like, hey, girl, you about to drive me home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it was all good, though, man. It was all love. And I remember that day, we had over 9,000 people live. 9,000. You know, and, and it, it was amazing, bro. You know what? I I um, I, I loved it, bro. And I got the utmost respect. For, I respect him on so many levels, man. Like, on so many levels. that uh, uh, And I'm glad that he showed people that he's not a hater. You know, he's not what people made him out to be at one point. Because you know what? When you reach that level that he's at, it's almost like people just hate on you because, oh, you didn't help me. You know, why don't you hustle and help yourself? And if uh, along the way, if somebody wants to help you, that's fine. Look, I get people that get mad at me because I don't hurry up and interview them. If I am booked. Really? Yes. Oh, man. Are you serious? That's a whole other podcast right there, bro. They I got get mad because they, hey, hey. Is like, hey, can you push it up a notch like that? Yes. Here's, wow. here's what I even do. I even go as far as saying this. Look, if somebody wants to get rescheduled or if somebody cancels, do you want an earlier date? And then they'll say, no, no, let me keep my date. I go, but your date is about a month from now. It's okay. So now somebody cancels a, a month before him, okay? I call somebody that said yes. Hey, man, how did he get on before me? I asked you. I deal with shit like that, bro. What the f I deal with that shit too. It's like, dude, patience. I, I'm booked till April. No, no, I'm gonna do now. It's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I have a family, I'm doing this. You should be happy that you just got booked or that, but yeah. you can man, dude. I know. I get a lot of people that, that do that, man. And um, you know, I get guys, I've even had guys, believe it or not, and for the for your audience that's listening, even had guys that threaten me. Threaten me. Oh, that's a no no right there. Yeah. And, and you know what? Here's what I say, okay? And I need you guys to listen to this. My thing is this. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Okay? Second, uh, um, approach is everything. Approach is everything, man. And a lot of these guys, their, their, first, imp their first approach when they come to you is on some gangster shit. You already fucked yourself with me, bro. You know? Uh, uh, approach is everything. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Yeah. Can I say something to you? Because yeah. I, I, you, you're probably gonna say it too. But I see when you watch Broadway Radio, when you have certain guests, I'm not gonna mention, they have no manners. A lot of them don't. They don't. They're very disrespectful. They don't care. They leave shit on the floor. Like they're just like, be more respectful. If you're being a guest on a podcast, you know, be more presentable. Be more respectful. Right. Because you're, you're, this is an opportunity yeah. for you to come on a, on a major platform to get your voice heard. And they, and they take shit for granted. I'm, that's just me. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. 
And like I said, approach is everything, man. And, um, you, you know, the way, the way some of these guys have approached me on some gangster shit, you don't realize, man, that you're cutting your own throat. You know, when, when you say dumb shit to me, uh, um, and especially as of right now, there's no other platform pushing on, especially on unknowns. You know, they're, you're they're, the only one. There's no other one, okay? Now, I encourage other people to start their own podcast. P people tell me like this, how do you get people to tune in? I don't know if there's a secret, but you have to understand, number one, I have a lot of history in this game. Yeah, you do. You know, my history will always be tied back down to NWA, the mixtapes. Exactly. My history will always be tied down to DJ Quick, Second to None, AMG, and IC. Okay? I have a lot of history in this game. Number two... If people like you, they'll tune in. Exactly. That's it. There, there's there's no secret. If they like you, they'll tune in. Yeah. But in this game, you have to have thick skin because people are going to talk shit about you to try to get you out of your character. You know, and it's a good thing I went through all that stuff. I know because with your podcast, is still a baby still, but you have the experience like you've been doing podcasts for almost 10 years. That's my, that's my eyes. Right. And I know with me, I'm doing two years, but... With me, I have, to me, podcasts save my life. And every day I'm learning something new to better my podcast. Like this year, I'm going to start my YouTube channel, my Zoom and all that. But I always want to learn my weaknesses to make my podcast strong right. and very work. And you were saying, you, you know, you got to have thick skin. I've seen a lot of podcasts come and go. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I sad to say, I know podcasts that I've been doing it for 5 to 10 years. And maybe 15, maybe 1,500 subscribers. Maybe averaging maybe 140, maybe 100 views. And look at when people ask me, what was your secret? I just turned it on, bro. That was it. But I will say this, that I made sure that my shit looked professional. I didn't want to do it out of a kitchen. I didn't want to do it out of my living room. I just wanted, to, I wanted people to turn it on and look like if they were looking at a channel on regular TV. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted, you know. And hopefully I did that. Uh, uh, you look at my table, you look at all my toys, it's a reflection of me, okay? That's what I want, people to get to know me. And then uh, there's rappers that I that, uh, won't name that DM me all the time, oh, you got another fucking nobody on your show tonight. Well, help me make that nobody a somebody and stop fucking hating. Why do they always got to do like that? Because they're not on your show, that's why? It, it, no, but some of them have been on my show. Dude, let me tell you something, sometimes... One interview is not enough. Let me give you an example. I had a guy here about two weeks ago. Give him a one-hour interview. How come you're giving me an hour interview? Dude, you only have two songs. What are we going to talk about for two hours? Fuck, yeah, good point. Okay? And I call him on it. Yeah, but people want to see me. Like They're saying on the street that I'm the next to blow. Well, let me help you with one, with one hour. Okay? Where is Power 106? Where is Katie? Where are these radio stations? They're not knocking at your door. And if they did, you better have a hit record because they're only going to give you about five to eight minutes of an interview. And the interview is going to consist of this. Where can people uh, find your stuff? Where are you going to be performing next? And we wish you the best. That's it. They don't care about you. I get I get a lot of your guests, like the ones you have on, like, you know, um, and it's like, well, Mega Man, like if I was on Rodeo and Brady, let me go on Mega Man. It's like, dude, I want to be honest with you. I, I don't know that type of music. And with the way how you're talking... I'm gonna be honest. It's only a 30 minute interview, right? And I gotta, I gotta, I have to stretch it, right? What can you bring? It's like, well, I don't want to talk about this and this. All right, then, then I have a 15 minute episode. Yeah, there's, and that's why I don't want to bring that much 
music people, and I want to bring the I'll bring the major people, right. but not the ones who are like who are going to give me shit like this. Yeah, yeah. So this guy hits me up. I, I interviewed him about two weeks ago for a one hour interview. Okay, and he hardly ever talked. I, I told him, dude, you got to give me more. Uh, you got at least a thousand people watching. We average at least a thousand people every time we go live. Yes, that's including subscribers and non-subscribers. Yes. Okay. At least a thousand. Yesterday, on uh, Baby Girl and Johnny Yu, mm-hmm. uh, we had a little bit over thirteen hundred people. Okay. Now I think right now we're over. I think we may be over seven thousand views. Okay, mm-hmm. less than twenty four hours. Okay, mm-hmm. so now I'm saying that to say this: the guy that I interviewed a couple of weeks ago hits me up like two days ago. Hey man, when can I get back on? It's unbelievable. Like that, almost like if that wasn't enough. Pretty soon, they're going to ask me to be fucking be a co-host. <laughs> you know? Man, there's this... Well, I mean, if you if you want to be... A, if you want to come back on again, bring me something. Bring me numbers. Bring me hits. Bring, what are you doing? Exactly. No, some people just want to come here and shoot the shit, bro. And that, this is not what it is. This is not what it is. Another guy hit me up. Hey, bro, I'm going to come back on. I'm probably going to have to wait another year, bro. Unless you got a hit record or something, I already gave you that opportunity. There's other people in my emails right now that are, want that opportunity. Look, uh, um, let me sum it up with this. Hopefully I can remember. I had MC Magic. Much love, much respect to him that drove from... uh, Love that guy. Good good interview. He drove from uh, Arizona and was here an hour early. Okay? Prayers. It was memory to Kat Von D. He didn't need his interview. He showed up an hour early. And and you know what he said when he showed up an hour early? I said, wow, you're kind of early. And he goes, yeah, I wanted to be early because I respect myself. And I wanted you to respect me. Wow. That's what he said, bro. And he moved to Indiana, too. Yeah, yeah. That was good. I I was really surprised that you had him on. Yeah. So he uh, had him. Okay, then there's a guy, somewhat of an unknown out here, but in Atlanta, he's known Chicano rapper named Lalo KV. He flew from Atlanta to be here at Rodeo Radio. And he was here early, punctual. And he said, you don't know what, the, when he walked in here, he got emotional and he said, you don't know what this means to me, Tony. Fuck. And he was here early, okay? I had two guys, a guy named Mr. Las Vegas and Duende drove from Las Vegas and were here early and left the same night to Las Vegas. I had Carolyn Rodriguez, an uh, artist from uh, um, Texas, Flew in from Houston, Texas, and was here early for her interview. But you talk about a person from L.A. Hey, bro, I, I don't know if I can make it this way. You're going to have to reschedule me. You might have to cancel me. Uh, I'm not sure. I might be there 30 minutes late. They didn't take they, This is an opportunity. Yes. Exactly, bro. Uh, just open my eyes on a lot of things now. Look, at, in every single one of those interviews that I mentioned, from those people coming from everywhere, at least over 15K views. At least. That's to say the least. Yeah, it shows, man, because they came here to promote themselves, you know, promote yourself until it pays off. That's my philosophy. That's like the thing before we did the podcast. I got here a little early because it shows your character. Yes. You know, if you come in late, you don't give a fuck. I came in like, hey, Tony, I'm going to be here in a half an hour. It's like I'm running a little late, but at least I came Yeah. because I want to show like, oh, this guy does give a fuck. Yeah. It shows it. Yeah. And, and there's more people that, that have flown in and drove in. Uh, for an example... Uh, uh, David Rocha, a.k.a. Sir Dino, okay? Came here twice. You know where he drove him? Stockton, six hours away. That's a far drive. Yeah. I used to live in Modesto. Maybe the most driving 
five hours, but Stockton, that's an extra, what, 20? That's, an, that's another 30, 40 minutes. Magic Girl, uh, uh, Bakersfield. Two, two hours. Half, yeah. Two and a half. And come here early. She did the podcast and she had to drive back. She drive back. Fuck. Yeah. And grapevine too. Yeah. And these people out here, like, you know, like, <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. Then we wonder why their careers never go anywhere. So. <laughs> yeah. You guys are fucking up, whoever you guys are, dude. <laughs> two questions. Last two questions. Yeah. The, uh, the 100th episode, I was, I was like thinking, who is Tony going to bring on? And I was like, Tony's going to get interviewed? <laughs> I was like, and he brought high C too? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting, because uh, I know you invited me, but man, having that guy, because that, he did the Gucci main book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Soren Baker. Yeah. Yeah, Soren Baker is a good friend. I love that guy. Uh, uh, he, he did LA Times, Source Magazine. He's uh, originally from, uh, I believe, Maryland. Uh, um, and yeah, he moved out here and made a living out here and he's podcasting. He's doing his thing, you know. And um, so one thing that I will say that I was going to get, I was planning to get like a DJ Quick, you know, and but Quick's one of those guys too that... Due to COVID, and, know. you know, yeah. so, so actually, John, I got to give him the credit for that. He said, "Why don't you just shine light on you, interview you?" Yes, you know. And I said, "Okay, we'll, we'll make it fun. We'll have some food. We had ceviche and everything here." I got full, man. Yeah, <laughs> I said, "I'll have high C come through. I'll have a soda and baker." So that's, I just wanted to do something different. It was uh, good because it's that a lot of people are gonna make assumptions, but you know of who Tony is, but. You know, having a person, you know, interview you and, and get to know and hear all the stories. It's like, oh, I didn't know about that from Tony and you and Heisey get together. You guys just fucking click. Yeah. Oh, but bro, for a long time, we were like brothers. Of course, brothers argue and fight and we have our disagreements. But for the main, uh, me and him, we get along. We get along great, bro. Well, I just want to say that episode was so good. And we're almost into the end. Uh, what should we uh, we be looking out for for 2021 with you? Uh, not only the Chicano rap documentary, which I hope that this thing clears up with COVID, because this is that's the only thing that's holding back the Chicano rap documentary. It's not holding necessarily me back, mm -hmm. but it's what I mean by me uh, being able to film an interview. It's the the people that I'm interviewing that are afraid to come out. Yes. Okay. Now, other than that, um, after that, what I want to start doing, I, I have another documentary I have in mind. And then I eventually want to start working on a movie script. Scary movie, like I said. Okay. Ooh. Yes. Um, I plan to bring bigger names onto Freaky Tales, and I plan to bring bigger names onto um, Rodeo Radio. Some some of them just have not confirmed. If this COVID thing passes, I mean, look, I'll just drop names. I'll, I'll have guys like Dub C, Mac-10, Sugar Free, Second to None. Uh, second, second to None? Yeah. Uh, but a lot of these guys don't want to come out because of this sugar free yeah all these guys should have been all these guys that i just mentioned mca they should have all been on here already mca yeah they, they should have already been on here already but due to covid they didn't want to come out so i would have a lot of bigger names and a lot of people i got a, a group of coming from denver Colorado, uh, not denver pueblo colorado flying out here for a one-hour interview dedication right it's there. dedication man it's dedication so be looking out for that uh obviously uh, we're gonna have more merch we're gonna have different designs, but the, I think the Chicano rap documentary is gonna be great. Here's the thing: now you have other Chicanos that have never talked about a Chicano rap documentary now talking about they're doing a Chicano rap documentary. But I'm gonna tell you something: they don't have my vision, bro. 
That's what we call it, Tony vision. They don't have my vision. You could try it as much as you can, bro. I don't care how much footage you use, okay? You do not have my, my vision. I'm going to knock it out the ballpark. I had no complaints, not one complaint with the Rodeo Mixtape documentary. That was good. Okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a name right here. Dr. Dre's right-hand man who, this man films everything for Dr. Dre. His name's Rashidi Harper. Okay. Rashidi Harper, okay? He's done doc documentaries on, uh, you know, the... Um, the sisters from Compton that play tennis, what's her what's Oh, Serena Rimes, the, the, uh, the William Twins. The William Twins. He's done their documentary, okay? He's filmed, uh, like, the Chronic Tour. He's done so much, okay? Like, amazing work. And I'm not going to give it away, but he's doing a documentary for Dre right now. Not necessarily his documentary, but I'll just say it's a rap documentary, okay? And he's been working on it for a couple of years, okay? I had lunch with him. He saw... My documentary, and here's what he said. I couldn't wait to call you. He said, you're winning, Tony. He said, you're, you are winning. He said, and if you had not had put it out on your website for streaming, I could have sold this to like Showtime or HBO or something like that. Shit. That's what he told me. He said, you are winning. He started asking me questions. Who directed this? And I said, I did. He said, you cannot convince me that this was your directing debut. And I said, yes, it was. He goes, where was your script? I said, all right here. I said, I know I... Fuck right there, dude. I, I said, I know I drove my man crazy, but I could tell him, this is my vision. Just film me right here. I'm going to walk right here. She's going to get out of the car. I'm going to get in. Stand right here. That's how I directed it. That's how I did. And, and and let me tell you something. A lot of the ideas that I got uh, uh, was from watching other directors the way they worked. Mm. You know, I did my homework. Observe and study. Yeah, that's what I did. One of them was Clint Eastwood. Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood, they won't say action. They'll just be like... Go, you know what I'm saying? They'll count with their fingers, and um, so I learned a lot of that. John never edited a, 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 a documentary. I sat with him for a whole year here in, in the studio, and we edited it all. He asked me who edited. That's the same guy who filmed it. He said, "There's no way. There's no way." He said, "An amazing job." And um, to me, that was my pay. I don't need to hear. It. He goes, "If you enter into film festivals." There's a, he goes, let me tell you something. When I did my first film festival, this is what he said. I have probably maybe 40, 50% chance of winning. You got an 85% chance of winning them all. That's what he told him. But COVID fucked all the film festivals off. Okay. There's no movies playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and then I met up with another guy that graduated from USC film school. He viewed it and he said this. I entered my documentary and I thought I had a 30% chance of winning, and I won a couple of them, not that much. I'm like, well, it's not that much. He said that he entered in 20 film festivals, his documentary. He goes, and I won six. And I said, how many do you think my, I would win? He goes, if not all, at least 17, 18. That, that's, that's what he said. That's my pay right there. To me, I'm cool with it. I did something good. Okay, and if that was my first time, you could just imagine how this is going to be. Chicano, man, dude, this is like a very historical yeah. for Chicano rap. And let me, let, let me give you an idea. It's going to be educational. Ooh. Okay? It's going to be educational. That's what I like to hear. So a lot of people just think it's going to be a bunch of gangbangers rapping. No, dude. No, it's not. That's what the streets think. Okay? But that's not my vision for this. You're going to break it everything, how it started? Yes. Some... Fuck. Okay, so... Okay, okay, we, we gotta stop right there. You, exactly. You're giving too much, you're giving too much. We're giving people some pee pee touches or teases. 
But uh, Tony, I just want to know we're short on time right now. Tony, I just want to say thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast, man. You open my eyes on a lot of things in this episode. And uh, <laughs> um, do you have any last words or any shout outs? Um, you know what? Um, I have no last words, but I will give a couple of shout outs. My thing is, everyone, stay blessed. Um, you know what? Whenever you do something that's blessing others, that's helping others, and that's educating others, uh, there's always going to be people that are going to come against you. Expect it. And many times, it's going to be the people that you would say they would never do that. They would never. And it's going to be them. It's going to be them. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'll tell you what, this may sound freaky, but I prayed and I've asked God to reveal my enemies to me. And uh, some of those people were some of my closest friends. Now, at first it was hard to swallow that. And I saw it in my dream, but it came to fruition and it happened. Okay, it, it happened. And that's part of the stuff that I'm going through now. Now, on the other hand, if you have a good idea, keep it to yourself. Exactly. Work on it yourself. Okay, it's very, very hard to trust people. Keep your circle small. Okay. Uh, other than that, you know, I don't have many shout outs other than you, Mega Man. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and my son, you know, and all the Rhodium Radio Warriors, all you fans out there, thank you. Stay tuned. You know what? I'm walking with my, uh, uh, my chin out, my chest out, my shoulders up. I'm blessed. So you I think you said your dick out. <laughs> No, Whatever, no, no, with no, a no. dick in your mouth. <laughs> For the haters. <laughs> it's all good, Tony. Welcome but... back to Rodian Radio. This exactly. This is about to cause your fat ass with a fat ass dick. <laughs> you know, when Rodian Radio's popping, the panties are dropping. Not Hell much. yeah. Well, Tony, thank you for coming on the Make Man's Podcast. And where can everyone follow you on Instagram? Instagram. Here's the, here's the hard part. Okay? Oh. It's underscore Tony underscore A underscore D-A as in the underscore wizard the reason why i had to keep adding underscores because it is supposed to be tony the wizard but every time my pages got deleted i couldn't use the old name so i had to keep adding an underscore underscore okay so tony the wizard so each name is separated by underscore (laughs) yeah where do you follow him tony the wizard uh, Rordy on Radio, shouts to John motherfucking Elkins, and even shouts to Dr. Dre, man. Hope he's doing good. Yeah. You know, he just I think he's going to get out of the hospital soon, but shouts to Dr. Dre. We, we love you. Uh, subscribe to the Mega Man's podcast. Please bring review on Apple Podcasts to make the Mega Man's podcast, but also the Rordy on Radio podcast. Clamp the rankings on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Overcast, iHeart, and all the major platforms. Uh, Shouts to my kids, Gavin, Alex, uh, my daughter, Luna, Daddy Loves You, Emiliano, and to all the people who, all the followers who who subscribe to the Mega Man's podcast. Everyone, I hope you liked this episode. I think we think we just covered all the topics and everything. Once again, Tony, thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast. Thank you, John motherfucking Elkins and Anthony DG, DG Media Clips. Mm -hmm. Much love, much respect, and we out. All right. Later, guys. Hope you liked this episode. Peace.